Welcome, everyone, to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at the Score. Glad to be back. We are just over a week away from the NFL draft now, and this is our first show in a few weeks. I took some time off after all the craziness of free agency, but you know we are always going to be there for you when you need it. And one thing I've started to realize in my draft analysis is that you can only do so much until we have the draft capital, until we actually know how the NFL is valuing this incoming rookie class. And I know our friend Jordan McNamara, Analytics of Dynasty, he's been saying this for a while, but we can do all the work ourselves. We can learn the skills that the prospects are bringing to the table and what type of player that they have the potential to become in the league. You you can go over all the college games. You can break down the collegiate production and the different metrics that can give you some insight on how they might perform in the pros. You can take what you can from the athletic testing. I mean, the combine gets a little overblown, but it's another data point that you can add to that puzzle that we're trying to put together, right? And I even like watching interviews with the players just to see how they carry themselves. Are they confident? Do they seem like they have a good outlook on life? Do they have a chip on their shoulder? Are they a gym rat? All those things could be another notch in the positive column for them. And I also read and watch as much as I can on NFL GMs and NFL coaches just to get an idea of how they might be leaning on draft night. But we're rarely going to know for sure until it actually happens. And there's a few realizations I think we need to accept. And the biggest one is that no matter how much work we put in before the draft on all these prospects, all we can really learn is what type of player they are, what kind of potential that they have. And that's huge. I can give you a big time head start in the off season, but we can't fully apply it to fantasy until we know how the NFL views them. And I think the fantasy community and the draft community, we aren't always great at projecting that in advance. So we get that extra little piece during the draft. We get the draft capital, we get the landing spot and draft capital far more important than landing spot in terms of projecting their future fantasy values. So, you know, I'm always trying to find different ways to improve my process every single year. And sometimes that's pouring hours and days into my work and foregoing sleep to get that done. And sometimes it's understanding that I got to find ways to work smarter and not unnecessarily grind myself in the off season at times, you know, just trying to guess at what could happen during the draft. You do the prep, you get yourself ready, and then you wait until the rest of the puzzle comes together during the draft itself. And that being said, We've done multiple episodes on this year's prospects, going back to January when we had Ray Garvin on. I've updated my Dynasty Rookie Rankings every month since January, got values for every player in there. I also have the 2023 Rookie Draft Picks in a value chart as well. If you're looking to make a trade and you want to throw some rookie picks in there, you can get an idea of how to value those. And if you want a closer look at every prospect, you can go check out the Scores Prospect Rankings. We have prospect rankings for every position, offense, defense. I wasn't involved in writing it this year, but Dan Wilkins, Daniel Valente, and Andrew Dixon, they're doing a great job of breaking all that down for you. So you can give those a read over on the score for free. For today's show, I got a couple news items that I want to hit on, and then I'm going to open up the mailbag, going to answer some of your questions heading into the draft here. But let's start things off. Let's get caught up on the news. And Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, he created a big stir this morning. He cited sources who are telling him that the 49ers have been taking trade calls on Trey Lance. Now, the way he worded it was that the 49ers aren't making the calls. They're just fielding these incoming calls. So that could mean that other teams are just testing the water to see if Lance is available since the Niners have kind of said multiple times now that Brock Purdy is going to be the guy who gets the first chance to start if he's healthy. And the if is pretty big there. We got to see how he is after this surgery. Is his arm going to be okay for the start of the season? 
Is he going to miss some time? He's even come out and said he's not sure he could miss the whole year, but right now everything seems to be on track that he should be back at some point in 2023. Now, in my opinion, this seems like the 49ers are the ones that are leaking this report. I think that they're doing this in an effort to let everybody know that Lance is available, that you can come, you can make an offer. And when you put the pieces together here, I mean, how Purdy played last year, the way the San Francisco coaching staff and the front office, the way they talk about Lance, it's not actually glowing most of the time. They just sort of kind of reluctantly mention his name, that he's still in the mix, you know, even going as far as saying that after they signed Sam Darnold, that those two are going to split reps in the offseason. They're not even going to give Lance all the first team reps while Purdy's on the sidelines. They're going to split him with Darnold out there. So you look at that, you look at the signing of a guy like Sam Darnold to be a quality backup for them. I think there's a strong chance that Lance is going to get dealt either over the next week or perhaps during the draft. And I know it seems crazy just given what they paid to move up to get him a couple years ago, but this team can win with pretty average quarterback play. We've seen that from them over the last few years. They're strong at almost every other position. And if they can get something for Lance right now and then let Sam Darnold start, let's say the first month of the season, if this is all just speculation, but if Purdy can't be there for week one, you have a guy like Sam Darnold who could step in and give you some decent reps who has some experience in the league. I could see them doing that. And I personally believe that they just mismanaged the situation completely on Lance and Kyle Shanahan, not the best with young players. We've seen it occur many times now that he puts these guys in the doghouse. So if the team feels good about Purdy as the future, if they feel good about where his recovery is at right now, they might want to get whatever they can for Lance and then move on. And Lance still has an incredible amount of potential. He just hasn't really gotten a legit shot yet. So teams like the Vikings and the Titans and the Falcons and the Texans, they should all be calling to see how cheap they can get him right now. Pro Football Talk, after the Ian Rappaport thing came out, Pro Football Talk reported that the Vikings and the 49ers had conversations already about Lance. And that's really, really interesting because Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins, he's been linked to Shanahan numerous times going back to their stint together in Washington way back in the day. And I don't know if Cousins would be involved in the deal. He probably wouldn't be. I don't know that they would need to have him in there, but it's just another wrinkle to this whole situation. So fantasy wise, I'm happy to say that I have Lance and Purdy on a bunch of teams. I'm holding them or acquiring them at their current cost. Those are kind of my approaches at the moment. There's risk for sure, but both guys could be starters in the league. I think they could be quality starters in fantasy as well. And also, if you're in a super flex league, trying to get Sam Darnold on the cheap right now, and you could probably get him very, very cheap just as a potential spot starter early in the season, not the worst move. He is not going to cost you very much. The next item on my list here, the Steelers trading for Allen Robinson. I'm not going to spend much time on this one. This really changes nothing for the Steelers. Robinson hasn't really shown that he can make an impact the last couple years. He's going to turn 30 this season. He'll be at best the wide receiver three in Pittsburgh, and that's in reality, not a wide receiver three in fantasy, the wide receiver three on their roster. I would look to somebody like, remember Andre Johnson, the last couple years he spent in the league, had this great career. Then he ends up with the Colts and has like 500 yards or so. Then he goes to Tennessee the next year and just flames out completely. That's going to be Robinson with the Steelers. So no movement for George Pickens, no movement for Deontay Johnson. Their fantasy value remains the same. And then the last one here, it's a little old now, yes, but I didn't get a chance to discuss it when I was off. 
Odell Beckham signing with the Ravens, getting a pretty decent one-year contract. I think it's mostly in an effort to just lure Lamar Jackson back and sure seems like the Ravens and Jackson are eventually going to sort things out now. But for fantasy, I see a lot of people downplaying the signing and downplaying Beckham himself that he's this older receiver and the injuries recently. I think this is a pretty big move for them. I think Beckham still has something left in the tank. The last time we saw him, he had 25 catches, 316 yards and two touchdowns during that Super Bowl run, during that playoff run with the Rams. He's going to be almost two years removed from the ACL tear by week one. So even though people might have a negative thought in their mind about the fact that he wasn't able to get back in the field this year, it was hard to imagine that he was going to get back in the same calendar year and be able to play in the NFL. But now he's going to have a whole nother offseason to get completely healthy. And then you look at what the Ravens have done They go out, they get rid of their offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, who is very run heavy. They bring in Todd Monken, who should create a more balanced environment. Yes, they're still going to lean on the run, but I project that the passing volume is going to increase under Monken. So I would take Rashad Bateman over Beckham in redraft and a dynasty, but I'm going to have shares of both guys this season, as well as Mark Andrews. I expect that their values will probably even rise a little bit over the summer once we finally get a, a Lamar deal, once that's official, which, like I said, I expect to happen. And once Beckham will start generating some buzz, right, he'll be putting out social media clips. He'll be getting some buzz in training camp. There'll be more coverage around the team because of what's happened with Lamar and with Beckham being there. So I would target the Ravens offense this year, including J.K. Dobbins, who is another guy who's going to be healthy. He's going to be ready to roll as well. The only other news item worth mentioning, it's a real quick one, but Stefan Diggs not showing up to the Bills offseason program, at least to the start of it. Not a huge worry yet, but just something to monitor. I mean, he seemed pretty unhappy following the playoff loss, and he has the kind of personality where it wouldn't be shocking to find out that he demanded a trade or something. But hopefully everything's good there, or at least will be good by the time that it actually matters. Just something to keep on your radar, just something I wanted to mention. All right, let's get to your questions here. At IMLSI, who do you favor in Dynasty pre-draft? Jackson Smith in Jigba or Jameer Gibbs? This is a highly debated topic. Well, you're right that it is definitely a highly debated topic, and you can understand why. I mean, I have both players valued pretty closely in my rookie rankings. Bijan Robinson, far and away ahead of everybody. He's the top prize. Then you have JSN and Gibbs, who are battling it out in that second tier. That's in single QB formats. In Superflex and two quarterback, it's a bigger second tier. You have the top quarterbacks in there, and you have those two. But I give JSN the slight edge over Gibbs. It's close, and when it tends to be close between a wide receiver and a running back, I normally am going to lean towards the receiver since they tend to have longer careers than running backs normally, and I see JSN as a safer prospect. I think at worst, he should just be a solid fantasy asset, might not be that superstar like some of the other receivers we've seen come into the league in the last few years, but at worst, I think he's going to be a solid fantasy asset, a thousand yard receiver for a while, where Gibbs... I like him. This is no knock on him, but I'm being forced to pick between the two. I really like the receiving profile. He's just got more question marks in terms of his ability to run between the tackles. Will he ever be a high volume guy? Will he ever be a goal line option? You know, and then it all kind of comes back to his weight running backs. Their weights can vary, especially when you're talking about the combine and maybe they're trying to drop weight in order to be faster in the 40, to be faster through some of those drills. So maybe he trimmed down for the combine, but he did weigh in at 199, which it's a little light for a premier back. So I still like him. 
I'd be happy to draft him where he ends up falling to me. But if I'm picking between the two, it's going to be Smith and Jigba getting the nod there. At HS, what if, what are some of the best landing spots for running backs? Oh, uh, well, the, the crazy thing is there aren't as many as you think. And I'll just go through them here. I mean, the Falcons are a really, really nice one, especially if they end up taking Bijan Robinson, which last I checked, I think they were the favorites to draft him eighth overall, which seems high, but this is a team that he would give them that real identity. You know, they ran the ball a ton last year. They were pretty effective doing it. So whether they go early in the first round and get somebody, whether they maybe trade down or whether they end up grabbing somebody day two, I think that's a really good landing spot. Tyler Algier, I know what he did last season. It was good, but I don't think he's really adding that much value. I think that run game itself whoever's in that backfield is going to be able to produce. And we kind of saw that, right? Cordero Patterson puts up decent stats. And even Caleb Huntley, when he got in there last year, he put up decent stats. So if you combine that offense, Arthur Smith's attack with a guy like Bijan Robinson, could be really, really interesting. Uh, Miami is a nice spot for a running back to land. You know, all the speed on that offense. Mike McDaniel showing that he can run his own version of that Shanahan system. You have Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. They both had success last year. Would be nice to see them bring in a rookie to compete, maybe to be the long-term option or to overtake those guys because, well, Raheem Mostert stayed healthy last year for most of the season. We can't really bank at his age that he's going to continue to stay healthy all year long. The Eagles, they're firmly in the mix for a running back, even though they went out and got Rashad Penny. I mean, he has that injury history. Kenneth Gainwell, not really profiling like a sustaining back. So I think that would be a great spot for one of the top running backs. I don't know that they would take one as high as 10th overall, but maybe a day two guy there for them. And then we'll see if some of these teams with the veterans that have kind of been talked about as guys that could be on the move, like Joe Mixon or Dalvin Cook, they might need to take pay cuts if they're going to stay with their teams. You know, they could get released if they don't. They could get traded. Derrick Henry, he's been rumored to be on the trade block. The Chargers, maybe they're looking for an upgrade behind Austin Eckler. Maybe a future starter. If Eckler's going to stick to this trade demand, maybe they bring in a running back and they actually move Eckler during the draft. You know, James Conner in Arizona, the injury history, the age for him. Cardinals could be a decent landing spot. Isaiah Pacheco with the Chiefs. I mean, Damian Pierce with the Texans. Those are both day three guys from last season. They need to survive this draft before we really feel confident about them as starters again this year. And I'd also keep an eye on the Broncos. Javante Williams, he's hurt, could miss a big chunk of the season. We've been talking about that all offseason long. I've had him ranked very, very low. I know they brought in Samaj Pirine, but that doesn't rule out Denver grabbing a day two back, maybe sliding him in there. A guy that eventually they could pair with Javante when he's healthy or a guy who could give them an insurance policy if Javante's not the same after the injury. And then there's also the Bucks, the commanders. They're kind of open for potential competition as well. So lots of options, some better than others. Falcons, Dolphins, Eagles. I think those are the top spots with the Bengals, the Vikings, and the Titans kind of in the mix there, depending what happens with them if they move on from their current starters in a trade or in a cut scenario. At Kamakura underscore door, thanks to your year-over-year guidance aiding my success, the league is voted to reduce keepers to only two from three. Thanks for the new problem, haha. Justin Jefferson at wide receiver, Jamar Chase at wide receiver, or Kenneth Walker at running back. Keep Jefferson and Chase, or dot, 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 what say you? I'd keep the two wideouts. I think you're going about it the right way. Like I said earlier, wideouts tend to have longer careers. 
You got two young studs, arguably the top two wideouts in that format. They're definitely the top two in my dynasty rankings. So you're all set there. Jefferson, Chase it is. At Philip underscore V1. Hi, Justin. You currently have Rashad White at RB28 in your 2023 half PPR rankings. As the Bucks could easily draft another running back next week, what would it take for them to do or not do at the draft for him to keep his ranking at a similar or higher level for 2023? Thanks. So White, basically, kind of like I said with Pierce earlier, kind of like I said with Isaiah Pacheco, he needs to survive the first two days of the draft, basically. If the Bucks invest in a running back in the first three rounds, then there's going to be legit competition for White, and I would be worried about his status as the starter there. If they wait until day three, I won't be as concerned. I mean, depending who that day three guy is that they might select, but the biggest thing is going to be dodging another back coming in with high draft capital. If he does that, then he'll stay inside the top 30 at the position, maybe even move up a little, though it's pretty tight in that range. It is hard to move up for the running backs right now. At World Serpent 82 thanks, Justin. Who are you buying slash selling in Dynasty due to upcoming value changes, regression, scheme, offseason team moves, etc.? All right, well, World Serpent, I love this question. I have already scheduled a Dynasty episode for right after the draft. It's like the first week after the draft, I believe we have it set up for. So we're definitely going to hit on that topic more then. For now, I got to give you a few here though, right? So let's give you a few buys real quick. So I already said the Ravens offense. I'm buying them right now for the reasons that I mentioned earlier. Traylon Burks, big buy for me. Saw more than more than I needed to see really last season. I know the sample size was small, but I liked him as a prospect coming out. And when he was in the field, he was making a big time difference out there. I'm really excited to see what he can do this year if he can stay healthy. So that's a big if. Last year he wasn't able to do it. But, you know, there was some talk last year that he came in maybe a little out of shape. Hopefully now he understands what it takes to be a pro. Hopefully now during the offseason he's going to have himself ready. He's going to show up ready to go. Could be a big year for Burks, but another situation where we got to see whether they're going to draft a receiver high, whether they're going to invest in a guy. Could see somebody like JSN end up with the Titans, and then that would change things for Burks a little bit. Uh, Same goes for Cam Akers in terms of a guy who I really liked what I saw from him last season. Down the stretch, he showed he is back. He's healthy. He is pretty close to that pre-Achilles injury form. I don't know that everyone realizes that because a lot of people that had Akers on their team probably didn't make it to the playoffs in fantasy. So Akers is going to get back on track this year. A little deeper down, somebody like Tyler Conklin, the Jets tight end, his value is going to go way up with Aaron Rodgers there when that ends up happening. Hasn't happened yet, but all signs are still pointing to that being his destination. So I think Tyler Conklin is somebody that people aren't really thinking about right now, but somebody that could sneak into that low end tight end one range for fantasy with Rodgers there. And then, you know, my thoughts on just trying to go out and get backup running backs on cheap. Maybe you could trade a, a third round rookie pick or a fourth round rookie pick, try to get guys like Samaje Pirine and Jerome Ford and Travion Williams James Robinson, maybe Deonta Foreman, if you can get him for that price, those types who aren't really big names, but who might be an injury away from having a pretty significant role could be big time fantasy producers if they get some start. So those are cheap moves that you can make that just could have huge ramifications on your season. I often try to trade if I have good depth at tight end, at receiver, if I have guys at those positions who aren't making a difference in my lineup, who don't have big ceilings. I try to move them for those backup running backs who actually could help change your season 
if some injuries strike there. So that's a few to hold you over until we actually do that dynasty episode, which like I said, I believe it's the week after the draft. So stay tuned for that one. But that is all for today's show. If you're looking for more content like my redraft rankings or my dynasty trade value charts, you can find all that for free over at the score. I'll have one more update to the rookie rankings before the draft. And then we'll be back with one more preview show before the draft kicks off next Thursday. But until then, big thanks again for all the questions today. Big thanks to everybody out there for listening. And we will see you next time. Said leave on time. My baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight. I said leave on time.